Uh, we're right now on the line from what I assume, oh, it's Auckland City. I'm joined by uh, Tracy Barnett. Uh, good morning, Tracy. Oh, there we go. Good morning, Tracy. <laughs> good morning. Uh, How are you this morning? I am not too bad. And yourself? Good. Wading through some Auckland fog, but we're well. I oh, guess. I hear there's a bit of fog. Hopefully it's not going to be like that tomorrow, because you've got to jet set your way down to Dunedin. And uh, I hear um, the Auckland airport's not doing fearing too well this morning. Oh, there we go. Dunedin will be kinder, I'm sure. Oh, without doubt. It always is. It's beautiful going here. Right. Um, well, you are an independent journalist, a former columnist for New Zealand Herald, contributor to our very own ODT uh, and The Listener, and also author of the book The Quiet War on Asylum. And you are coming down to Dunedin to, uh, as part of the Space, Race and Bodies Conference number 2, uh, and you're giving a talk called The Pesh... Uh, the oh god i've written that down very poorly and i can't hardly even read my own writing uh the compassion deficit the new war against asylum i think i've got that all correct beautifully done thank you very much um now what you know we, we live in new zealand on the other side of the uh, world from europe but why uh, night after night are we bombarded with uh by m- mass media showing us images of europe's uh, refugee crisis uh when the same media seems to be blind to what is going on well not blind they know what's going on but they don't want to show us what's happening across the ditch in our very own backyard uh, unless it's kiwis on christmas island you know that's a really interesting comment and a poignant question um, one that I've been working toward for quite a long time now. I've been absolutely horrified and mortified at the mass detention and mandatory detention regime, and you cannot call it anything else but gulags that have been set up on Manus Island and Nauru. Mm-hmm. Um, and sadly, New Zealand has said nothing against them. Uh, we just saw last week one man set himself on fire. Six others uh, attempted suicide, and then, of course, just two days ago, a young woman did the same thing. Mm -hmm. The lack of hope and the utter desperation these people feel is hard for any of us to understand. They're not given a prison sentence. They're given an indefinite. Yeah. Are you there? Yep. An indefinite uh, sentence, I guess, to try to endure and that's something that no one, no one should have to endure. Well, if we saw someone let them set themselves on fire in the middle of Damascus, uh, it would be all over the news, and we as a country and the government would be saying we need to go in there and fight ISIL and do something about it. Um, but when it's, when it's happening in Australian detention centres, it seems to be a, a, a non-subject. Absolutely. And, you know, it's really important that this is... Australia is part of something that has been really disturbing to me, which is they have found a way to essentially sell their human rights obligations to poor countries that need the cash. And we saw them approach Niue and the Solomon Islands years ago, who said, no, we won't have a bar of it. But of course, countries like Nauru and PNG did accept Mm -hmm. those offers. And I think both of those countries, or I should say PNG specifically, most recently, is living to regret that because their Supreme Court has just ruled that those gulags need to be taken down and that they are, in fact, illegal. But this whole idea of peddling Australian refugees to other countries in our region has even gone further afield. It's gone to the Philippines. They've oppressed Kyrgyzstan. So this is something that I'm sorry to say Australia has been a world leader in. No one's tried this before, and Australia is doing it. And I hope that New Zealand can be a voice to shut this down. 
Well, how is this not, uh, you know, if a, if a non-Western country was doing the same thing that Australians are doing, the rest of the, the Western world would be up in arms. How come the, you know, the UN has said a few things about it and saying, you know, it, it's not quite right, but they're not putting any pressure on the Australian government uh, to do, you know, to change their policies. The UN has actually been very clear in saying that what they're doing is nothing that they support. As a matter of fact, after this latest uh, self-simulation, they just released a press release saying that they condemn this. But I think what we really have to ask ourselves as a, as a country, as New Zealanders, who have been very proudly welcoming of, of this tiny, tiny amount of refugees we accepted, far too tiny of a quota, um, that we do, in fact, allow them the respect they deserve of having mm -hmm. their cases heard and their being allowed to wait in the community. You know, just because somebody runs from war and conflict doesn't suddenly make them a criminal. Mm -hmm. And New Zealand recognizes this, as should every country in the world who has signed up to the 1951 Refugee Conventions. And that's 147 countries. Yeah. Well, it's like there's been a picture painted by the Australian government, but that these people are almost criminals and that they are from a third world country, so they aren't used to anything but this kind of conditions. Absolutely. Australia has absolutely demonized and criminalized these people in, in the public's mind. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons I created Transplanted, the portrait project that's coming to the Dunedin Community Gallery next week, is I really felt very strongly that we needed something constructive. We needed to see that lives that have been pulled up by their roots in another country forcibly, there's a flip side to this equation. When a refugee comes to New Zealand and gets to regenerate that life and put down new roots, there is an image that we need to see, and that is of the constructive, wonderful, mm -hmm. enriching way that refugees essentially grow our culture and enrich New Zealand. And these images and these stories are meant to really highlight that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've been seeing um, with the refugees that have arrived in Dunedin uh, of late, the whole community has kind of rallied around it. Now, but it's been absolutely astounding. I have been humbled and incredibly impressed. You know, most of the refugees that come to New Zealand come in through Auckland. Mm -hmm. And I initially was never going to open this in Dunedin. In fact, I realized that the timing was just too perfect with your new intake. And I see the entire community of Dunedin rally around this cause, and it's been humbling and incredibly impressive. Uh, you need to know that everybody who's behind this exhibit, everything has been donated by the community. Mm -hmm. That's everything from the gallery space to the internet connection to the printing to the signage to every person who's volunteered to be a gallery attendant. All of it is volunteer. And this is really testament to Dunedin's groundswell of support to say we can do more, we can do better. You know, this exhibit also, I need to say, is not just about the photographs. What I've done also is curate 10 days of basically a talking space around refugee issues. Mm -hmm. And I've invited the Dunedin public, and everyone's welcome to come as starting next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday evenings at 5.30, as well as during the days if you see any groups and speakers. We've got speakers coming in, including myself, who can talk about refugee issues, who hopefully will begin the discussion and continue the discussion, and also learn some of the things that we simply don't know 
and there is so much we don't know about the refugee experience. Yeah, and, indeed, indeed, and, and, and it's good to learn that so so we can help more in the future. And John Key has come out in the last few days, he, and he's hinted that they could increase uh, our embarrassing refugee quota um, for the first time since 1987. Uh, do you, you know... It seems like it's the government um, playing popular politics instead of um, being a government and doing what it should do and helping out the world and doing the right thing. It's mm. an, it, it looks like you know the New Zealand public has, has said you know we actually want this to happen, so they're doing it because it will make them look good instead of them doing what is right. Well, that remains to be seen. Let's see what that number is. Mm, yeah. um, let's see if that number is a token gesture or if it, let's see if it's a real uh, announcement that shows a commitment to making that quota stick. Um, you know, there's a bunch of different ways that they could raise the quota. One is simply to double it and then tie it to our population growth throughout mm -hmm. The next few years i would love to see that happen so it's not stalled for another 29 years which is unconscionable in my mind um, another way is to introduce something that canada has done very successfully which is private sponsorship of refugees in addition to raising the quota if we do it and don't raise the quota then i i think i will accuse the government of trying to privatize um, our refugee obligations. Mm -hmm. But I have faith that the government has heard this message, which has been growing and growing over the last several years, of advocates who have worked incredibly hard um, to try to tell the New Zealand public, we're not doing enough. We can simply do more. We are 94th in the world for the total number of refugees and asylum seekers we host. That's per capita. Mm -hmm. That means that even if you measure it by our GDP growth, well, we're probably lower, somewhere around 120th. That's nothing to be proud of. No. We can do more, and I hope the government recognizes that every political party has come out so far saying, let's do it. Well, this is the thing the, the government says the economy is doing really well, and you know, we, you know, we've got money flooding into the nation. They say that, but then they turn around and say, well, we can't really afford these kinds of policies. So, I mean, you can't say it, have it both ways. You can't say you can't afford to do something, but in the same turn say the country is doing very, very well economically. You know, what's really interesting is when a government says we don't have capability to grow the quota, what they're really saying is we're not, we don't have the will to mm -hmm. build the quota, and they're two different things. Now, Germany, which we are not Germany, and we don't have Germany's resources, but Germany and Angela Merkel had the will to lead Europe to say we need to do the right thing. And countries, even if you compare us to countries our size, like Ireland, 4,000 refugees, I believe it's Finland, 8,000 mm -hmm. refugees, those countries are our size. They're taking three and four times what we do currently. So certainly we can do more and should. Yeah, definitely should. Uh, and just quickly, um, you know, New Zealand's got a thing called the third, Safe Third Countries Policy, which, you know, is that essentially, uh, it's, it's not a policy that's exactly put in place, but is that essentially the same kind of policy as what's happening in Australia? And we could implement that in the future? You mean, are you talking about shipping refugees to other countries? Yeah. You know, the answer to that is absolutely up in the air right now, I would say. You know, there was a time where Australia was considered 
one of the pariahs of its refugee policy, and it still is. Don't get me wrong to say otherwise. But I, we are seeing the EU turn away from asylum seekers right now in a way that we never would have thought of even two years ago. Mm-hmm. And they are now discussing everything from shipping people uh, throughout Europe to shipping them many places. And I really don't know what the future of the 1951 refugee conventions will be simply based on seeing what is essentially the world's wealthiest countries in Europe turning their back on the refugees coming to their borders today. Yeah, um, it's, it's difficult, um, you know, with the fear in Europe is a lot of it will have to do about getting re-elected and that's always an issue. Um, some of these policies might not exactly be uh, the flavour of the month with the public and there's the rise of the right wing and the, um, you know, the sovereignty movement, this is our country, we want to keep it for ourselves. So that is... a. F- you know, that, that is putting a problem in place of what's happening in Europe, right? Well, even if you look at Australia, who's got an election on the boards, um, both parties have said very adamantly that they do not want to allow any of the people from PNG, who have now been deemed to be illegal and who want to close the camp, mm-hmm. to resettle in Australia under any circumstances. Both parties have said that, mostly because I think they're afraid of the political will of the split population that feels differently. Yeah. And they're worried about those votes. But their policies have created that po- what the sentiment in the population, surely. Surely. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. All right, um, Tracy, we'll have to leave it there. But thank you for taking the time to speak to me this morning or speak to us. It's been a pleasure. Fantastic. And I hope everyone please come along to any of the speaking sessions mm-hmm. starting Tuesday, Tuesday evening. And also, not this weekend, but next weekend also, um, Saturday and Sunday afternoon, starting from 1 o'clock, I'll be speaking. At 2 o'clock, we'll have Refugee Voices. And at 3 o'clock, we'll have uh, what I'm calling the Human Library, where we'll have refugees from Dunedin coming in to speak to people one-on-one. So not this weekend, but the 14th and 15th, Saturday and Sunday afternoon. Join us as well. Yeah, okay. I'll make sure that we um, we'll definitely stay on top of that and let people know. And, of course, uh, Transplanted Refugee Portraits of New Zealand opens uh, at the Community Gallery on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then goes through to the 18th. Um, so get along to that and uh, come and be a part of all the things that are happening with the Space Race and Bodies Conference as well. Uh, Tracy Barnett, thank you once again, and uh, we'll see you in Dunedin very soon. Fantastic. Thank all right, you. Cheers. All right, uh, Tracy Barnett, the independent journalist, uh, transplanted refugee portraits of New Zealand is one of the many things that she will be a part of down here for the Space Race and Bodies Conference and other things. Uh, supporting the rise of the refugee quota uh, and demanding that Australia does something about their appalling, appalling uh, treatment of asylum seekers.